The hands are a language, was said by Sabine Wren in the final season of Star Wars Rebels. In this episode, we uncover what she means by that by discussing the symbolism of hands throughout the saga. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to the episode where we're talking all about hands. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, it's honestly a long time coming. We've been talking about this episode <laughs> in some form or fashion for a couple months at this point. Yeah. I mean, seriously, we have ever since... Ever since we watched that Rebels episode and it was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, everything all clicks. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, can we actually do a whole episode on hand symbolism? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Yes, we can. The answer is absolutely <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is – because we've done super specific episodes before like with our topics on visions or preservation or family, but this is – Oh, this is the most minute. This is the most <laughs> minute I think we've ever gotten. But of course, you and I are going to spin it out to like, it's <laughs> it's the foundation of the saga. <laughs> okay, it's not the foundation of the saga, but I like it could be. On this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing you say that you're like, well, it could be, but we know in our heart of hearts that we think it is. <laughs> we're I'm ridiculous. Just, I'm just kidding, but we're, we're putting a lot of importance on it, I guess is what I'm really saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to speculate with you, speculate wildly, and talk about all the different types of symbolism. Mm. So why don't we just get straight into it? Yes, let's. So in part one, we're going to be talking about the mythology and symbolism of hands in general, both in and mostly outside of the Star Wars world. And in part two, we're going to be talking about the removal of hands. And then in part three, we're going to be talking about when hands come together. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? So welcome to part one. Um, in this part, we're going to be talking about mythology and symbolism of hands, um, not necessarily pertaining to Star Wars. But um, first, I kind of wanted to talk about like and ask you, Caitlin, when you think of hands <laughs> and they're parts of the body, right? What are they for? And like, what's the basic understanding of like what hands represent and what do they mean and what do we you know, what are they? What is a hand? <laughs> you, know, you know, kind of in the intro, we were talking about how we were going to kind of spin this symbolism uh, maybe a little bit further than it goes, than it's meant to go. But I actually kind of want to walk that back because I don't think it's true because I think we see throughout history and throughout different cultures, like the way that people communicate with their hands is so important. Like in different cultures, the way you shake someone's hand says a lot about like your station in life or who you are, how you respect them, what their relationship is to you. Um, I mean, even in like uh, India, they have the, I don't know how they call it explicitly, but it's like the good and the bad hand, like the hand that you eat with. Um, You know, hands can be sacred. Uh, I think that hand symbolism is actually, now that we're talking about it for real, is super important as well. I mean, it's how we experience the world. It's the first thing that you use to like physically interact with the world around you. It's how you experience a lot of 
you know, the five senses, touch being one of the most important ones. And most people are going to be touching the world around them with their hands. So I think it's, they're incredibly important, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny, actually. I have been doing a lot of yoga lately and, you know, just trying to be fit. (laughs) (laughs) Up in the gym, um, working on your fitness. And as we mentioned, we've been planning this episode for a while and wanting to do this. And I've just Wait, been I'm kind sorry, of you didn't even pick up on my Fergie, <laughs> my Fergie <laughs> just like worked right past it. <laughs> it. <laughs> I am working on my fitness. That's really upsetting, given like your obsession with that song when we were in middle school. <laughs> you know what? I, I took it and it, it lives in my heart now. Anyway, I made a Fergie <laughs> reference. <laughs> All right. Now I'm talking about yoga. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> So I think it's like it's in these yoga classes, there's so much talk about like you can kind of roll your eyes at it. But, you know, you talk about how like when you want to exert your power, like where do you want to take that power? Do you want to point it out to the world or do you want to like thrust it downward? Then you should point your hands down or you should point them up. And I did some research on it and I'm no expert, obviously, clearly on like Buddhist symbolism or anything. But these like sacred hands are called mudras. Um, So it's like the formation of hands. Um, I have a quote here because I obviously researched this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The quote is, in Sanskrit, mudra means sign or seal. It refers to a sacred hand gesture and body positions that bring about a certain inner state and have symbolic meaning. Mudras are gestures or symbols intended to direct awareness and subtle energy and create changes on a physical and esoteric level. So I just, I, I think that while this sounds like kind of ridiculous, like here I am talking about me going to yoga and thinking about Star Wars during yoga, but I I think that there's something there about how much George kind of took from Buddhist culture in writing about the Force and the Jedi, and like maybe this is kind of a well that they're drawing on if they are continue it. They meaning the storytellers are continuing to put hand symbolism into Star Wars. Yeah, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. Like I think there is an obvious connection. I mean, the the use of hands throughout history and different art, especially in like sacred imagery, like you're talking about Buddha. And then, you know, I, I think of a lot of the images from especially like the Renaissance era of like Jesus and the Holy Family and like right. um, like the the placement of the hands in those kinds of images are really imperative in order to understand the the painting in general. Um, you you have to know what the hands are saying. Let it let's bring us back to Star Wars. So I found a quote from George talking to Vanity Fair about um, he was asked about like, why are there so many like hand removals in Star Wars? And (laughs) his answer was, that's what happens when you play with swords. (laughs) It's just like so basic. So classic George Lucas. (laughs) So basic. (laughs) (laughs) But there's been a lot of like talk about what this all means and why in the original trilogy was there so many removal of hands and we'll get into that in our section about removal but I think there's some theories that we can look at before we dive in the first one is someone had talked about does is it possibly like Freudian um some movie credits say it's an allusion to castration which is like I can't even get into (laughs) (laughs) and like it could potentially symbolize problems Luke and Anakin could have had with their mothers I think that's a really interesting concept that like you can follow that like line of thinking down and probably write like a full essay on it 
but it's not necessarily what I fully subscribe to. Yeah, I, the that idea I think could be spun out in Star Wars, especially given how much content we have now. But I don't know if I think the original trilogy itself or even the the saga films really support that. Because we don't really see Luke ever really talking about his mom. It's much more the father-son relationship when it comes to, to Luke. Anakin obviously has a mother like complex. Like That's a big part of his story in the prequel trilogy. So I'm sure that, that you can kind of factor that into it. But that's kind of the paradox of Star Wars is that you know all of these hand removals in the original trilogy didn't have the prequel trilogy to build on. It was kind of the other way around. Exactly. And then there's that other idea that you could say, which I think is honestly maybe the correct one, and obviously theorizing there's no correct way, but does the removal of hands and the hand in general symbolize power? You know, we have that expression of like the right hand man and um, removal of that is like the removal of power and like is getting rid of the hand some sort of like initiation um, is it potentially a rite of passage for a warrior to, like, give themselves to a battle? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of it's kind of all of those things. And just you kind of mentioning, like, that, that phrase in and of itself, like, right-hand man, like, that's ascribing power to a side and, like, to a, to a body part. Like, to be someone's right hand is to be their person, you exactly. know? I, I don't know. I just think that's kind of an interesting note that – that is a really popular idiom in our world. Mm-hmm. Why? Definitely. Um, yeah. Because the things you do with your hands matter. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the thing is, is that let's like talk about George Lucas for a second. Could this have all just like been kind of a joke to him with the original trilogy? And then again, in the prequel trilogy, like we all make fun and I don't necessarily make fun of, but I think that you can kind of say with a smile, like it's like poetry, it rhymes and you know, they removed Luke's hand um, and uh, I'm not sure, oh man, if it's Ponda Baba's hand. Yes. Ooh, yeah, I think it is. Oh, I could be wrong about that. No, it's Ponda Baba. And, you know, it basically in every single movie except for, I think it's The Phantom Menace in terms of like the original six, there was a removal of the hand. So I feel like at some point it kind of became a joke to George Lucas, right? <laughs> I think, I mean, maybe. I don't, one, I don't really, I mean, obviously Ponda Baba lost his arm and so did the Wampa, but I don't really count them in this like discussion of like the symbolism because it's. For, as always, it always goes back to the Skywalkers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. I don't really think actually it was a joke in the original trilogy because the the moment that Luke loses his hand in Empire Strikes Back is such a pivotal moment for him. And not only does he lose his hand, but then his father outstretches his hand to him, and it's like it, it's right, right, right. and it's such a pivotal moment as well in Return of the Jedi um, mm-hmm. when they're looking at their hands. And so it's I don't. For as deep as those moments are, I really don't think it was just kind of a, oh, I guess let's throw in another hand removal, you know? I think probably in the prequel trilogy, it was like, oh, well, this happened to Luke, so we should make it happen to Anakin, too, and plus it's kind of funny. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the line of thinking. Mm -hmm. But I I do think, obviously, they're not just going to remove, you know, have these, like, extremely violent actions happen to our characters without some sort of meaning behind Mm -hmm. them, especially when... 
you know, in the prequel trilogy, it is supposed to kind of support the original trilogy and kind of add more depth to, yeah, this mythology. So, of course, it has meaning. So we should probably get into it. (laughs) Yes. So should we move on to talk about part two? The removal? The removal. The removal. Yes, let's. All right, welcome to part two where we're actually going to be getting into the nitty gritty of what has happened in the Star Wars world as far as um, the amputation of hands. (laughs) Um, So Amy Ratcliffe actually has this really great article up on StarWars.com, which it's like a great reference guide. It's every limb that has ever been lost in Star Wars. Should I run through it really quick? Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's a lot longer than I – like when I was kind of thinking of this in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, some people lose some limbs. But like oh, a no. lot of people lose <laughs> some limbs. Okay, so Darth Maul loses both legs. Ackley loses two legs. Anakin loses his right arm. Grievous loses two hands. Mace Windu loses his right hand. Anakin loses his left arm and both legs. C-3PO loses his, his left arm. Ponda Baba loses his right arm. Wampa loses its right arm. C-3PO loses all his limbs. <laughs> Luke loses his right hand. Vader loses his right hand. And that's it. For it. This article was written in 2015 before The Force Awakens, um, but it's really interesting. It doesn't include like the Clone Wars and Rebels, which I think would actually take a really long time to chronicle because I'm sure that happened a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's funny how C-3PO actually comes out the victor in this particular <laughs> competition. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, is it? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> but yeah, there are a lot of a lot of limbs lost, but I think we should probably take it chronologically. Um, so we're going to kind of blow past Darth Maul because that was really his lower body that he lost. But Anakin losing his hand in Attack of the Clones, that was a pretty big moment for him. So like, what does that moment represent when he's with Dooku and Obi-Wan? Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting moment. I'm sure like watching that movie in it, like if you were, I wasn't a huge fan in 2002 watching the movie, but I remember, I I bet like watching that and being like, oh my God, that's where Anakin lost his arm. Like you see that later um, would have been really pivotal. But I think this is a moment of Anakin being extremely reckless um, and losing to Count Dooku. And it's actually a really good moment in this like darker middle chapter where Anakin and Obi-Wan both basically lose. Mm -hmm. And I think that his arm being completely chopped off like symbolizes his defeat and like him kind of losing himself to not obi-wan and anakin didn't take him together like he completely went straight on into it without thinking right Mm -hmm. and it cost him what i like about this scene is that uh at face value it doesn't seem to parallel Luke really at all. Um, but once you kind of start layer, like digging down a little bit into it, then it really does because what you just said, they were both kind of failing in this moment. They were both like Luke and Anakin in their respective darker middle chapters were like too headstrong and kind of rushed into a situation without completely understanding it. Um, what's interesting about the Attack of the Clones one though is that you have that whole scene with Dooku and Obi-Wan like just before that battle where Dooku basically lays it all out and Obi-Wan's like, nah. 
<laughs> not true. <laughs> Fake news. <Yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think I think you're right though. It is, you know, it's a it's a moment of his brashness in the situation and he just like completely flat out fails and both him and Obi-Wan have to be rescued by Yoda. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I I seem to remember and you know, correct me if I'm wrong and this is just my fanfic brain, but I do remember in the Attack of the Clones novelization at the end I think, oh man, I feel like this is a fanfic. I'm still going to go for it. Okay. <laughs> I I feel like Padme visits Anakin in like the med center at the very end. And he has a new shiny metallic arm and Anakin is like a little nervous about like basically revealing this arm to Padme. And I think there that's where it underscores that this is kind of like a symbol of like shame and Anakin's recklessness and his like, he's not ready for the trials to be a Jedi Knight just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he hasn't learned that level of discipline. Mm-hmm. And I think that in, if I remember correctly, there's like a certain set of shame that goes with that, that he was like afraid to reveal that to Padme. And of course, Padme, it, you see it in the film, like she takes his hand and, when they get married and the the shot is very much on the hand, the robotic hand. Um, and you kind of understand that Padme is like accepting Anakin for like all he is, you know? And I think that's a really interesting point to come from, you know? Yeah. It's really interesting given what we see later of Anakin in Revenge of the Sith when he, you know, they kind of – I feel like they make these comments throughout some pieces of canon that, like, Anakin always wears a glove on his robotic arm. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, something he's always very cognizant of is, like, which hand he's using. And I think it's interesting that, like, in that moment of, like, his wedding, he doesn't have the glove on. Mm-hmm. But in – um like, in Revenge of the Sith, he does. And he – in that deleted scene – is it deleted? That scene with Obi-Wan – and it's not. In that scene with Obi-Wan in the elevator, he's like, eh, no loose wire jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's – like what you said, he's self-conscious about it. But in that moment in Attack of the Clones that happened so soon, like the wedding that presumably happened really shortly after he lost the hand, um, he's like completely laid bare, like down to the wire of mm-hmm. like, this is who I am now. Um, and it kind of makes you wonder too, like, and also what we see in Revenge of the Sith after he has that nightmare when he wakes up, he's also not wearing the glove. Like, yeah, he, he like reveals himself in this like vulnerable moment to Padme, and that's like where he can be fully himself is with his wife. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to cover it up. It doesn't feel like he needs to. And yeah. you brought up a good point too about like it kind of being this symbol of how he wasn't adequate in that moment in the battle against Dooku. Like, he should have been. Like, this shouldn't have happened. And it's kind of like a symbol of his failure that he has to carry around with him now forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a quote, and I didn't find it. You know, I have the Revenge of the Sith novelization here. I'm going to look through it. Flip through. Let us hear them pages ruffle. I think there is a part in the novelization that Dooku kind of chides or thinks about how Anakin never learned with his left hand, but it continues to use his right hand to like use a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's it's kind of interesting that Dooku, this um, kind of esteemed warrior who's like very proper, kind of looks down on Anakin for not 
learning to basically fight with both hands and like make do with his basically his injuries and instead Anakin like just continues to use his right hand. Okay, so Keelan and I found a part, but it's a little different than I remembered. Um, but it kind of goes into the idea that this hand is kind of this robotic hand is kind of wrapped up in a sense of shame for Anakin. Um, so in the Revenge of the Sith novelization, right, as he has Dooku pinned, um, Anakin does, he says, he decides that Dooku should lose the same hand he took. Decision is reality here. His blade moves simultaneously with his will and blue fire vaporizes black carillion nano silk and disintegrates flesh and sheer bones. In a way falls a Sith Lord's lightsaber hand, trailing smoke that tastes of charred meat and burned hair. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte just gagged. Yeah. Charlotte didn't realize how graphic it was. <laughs> so I think that's really interesting that it's like kind of tied up with this like need for in this moment Anakin is kind of uh flirting with the dark side a lot um because of the sense of revenge that he needs and mm-hmm. um that's what's really interesting is that if this injury is kind of wrapped up in those feelings then it's the sense of revenge for all the pain that he has caused right mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so vengeful the way that it's written you know in that it's like in that moment Anakin decides that Dooku will lose the same hand that he took from him Mm-hmm. Like it's you know it's an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth exactly Ugh. and then not only mention that okay so now let's let's since we're in the Revenge of the Sith era like at the end Obi Wan takes Anakin's other arm and then both his legs and at that point you know he doesn't really have that much left right and he is, but he's clinging to life by his mechanical hand so chilling. It's it's just kind of insane to me where it's like at this point, okay, so if this 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 image is wrapped up in, like we said, shame and losing himself to the dark side, then all he has right now is the dark side, and that's what is keeping him alive. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of crazy. It's the mechanical hand that saves him. Yeah. That like claws his way out from the lava. Uh, and then he's about to have so many more mechanical limbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and two, it's the one you see as well when he's about to be outfitted that he, like, in his rage that he, like, flings back, mm-hmm. you know, is that mechanical hand when he's, like, breaking free of some of the bonds from the, like, medical droids and stuff. Mm-hmm. In a way, that hand is, like, almost – Like, imbued it's weird to say. Side, like, possessed almost. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's kind of this monster theme I've also been thinking a lot about, but mm-hmm. it's kind of possessed. yeah. Yeah, but on the other side, you think about how um, these robotic arms and these robotic limbs um, and hands are symbols of regeneration and rebirth. And I think that you see that with Luke's arm. And I, we can kind of fast forward a little bit and talk about how when Luke loses his arm, like you mentioned in part one, where this like this huge moment happens, but when he gets his his own mechanical arm, which at this point feels like a little bit of a rite of passage for the Skywalkers, his is covered with like new flesh. Mm-hmm. And I is there something there about how Anakin covers his up with a glove, but doesn't necessarily get like new flesh. And I know that in the world of um, 1980, there was no amazing technology like in 2005 when or 2002 when they show this mechanical hand. But mm-hmm. 
so like basically covering it up with skin is like the easiest way to just kind of deal with that. Yeah. But I think that there's something there about how, you know, Anakin is so far gone to the dark side in Revenge of the Sith, um, basically, that he doesn't have the he he's, isn't able to get like the flesh coverings. And we know that Luke is, you know, a symbol of good, right? Yeah. And yes, he's flirted with the dark side too, but he he still gets this like covering for like this sense of shame, which his removal of his hand isn't necessarily wrapped up in a sense of shame. At least I don't I think I think it kinda I, is. I think it kinda is. Yeah. He's ashamed that Vader is his father until he comes to terms with it, until he like accepts it and like finds that compassion for him. But it's not there initially. Right. But I think, yeah, for like one, you have this this problem of again, like when Star Wars was made throughout the years. But two, I think like in, in the prequel trilogy, it's like the that hand seeing the mechanical hand is a foreshadowing, a foreshadowing device to be mm-hmm. like you know, because in the original trilogy, that's when, you know, Obi-Wan says, you know, he's more machine than men. Um, and so it is this foreshadowing technique to be like, you know, this is just a piece of what's coming. This is just one part of what will be coming down the line because we know that when in Return of the Jedi, when Luke chops off Vader's hand at the end, that it's mechanical. So it's, but what we didn't know is that all of him was mechanical. Right. You know? That's true. So like, I, wow, I've never thought about how that might have been like actually a really big shock in Revenge of the Sith. Was this like, well, it, it really does play into that line of he's more machine now than man. Yeah. Because um, like, of course, Obi-Wan would know that because he's the one he that did, did that to him. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars so, tragedy. <laughs> God, I just love thinking these things through because yeah. it's stuff like that that I don't even realize was like honestly a really good addition to the story mm-hmm. and it just makes things so much deeper and better without fully changing like the landscape of what we know about star wars so and which hand was it that luke chopped off was it the og mechanical hand or the was it the attack of the clones mechanical hand or the revenge of the sith mechanical hand that's actually a really interesting That's a question. Really interesting because question. I want it, it needs to be the attack of the clones hand, I think. So they both lost their right hand, is what we're seeing in the entire movie saga. My God, so many parallels. It's so good. So it's like the right hand man kind of symbolism kind of comes of up power, again where it's yeah. like the loss of power. I think it's crazy that it's the attack of the clones mechanical hand that Luke chops off. It definitely could have been the other one, too. <laughs> Like, they could have done that, and I don't think any of us would have really thought that much about it. I don't know, know, but I'm thinking about it now because it's, like, that moment in Attack of the Clones is, like, the beginning of the Seed of Darkness in Mm -hmm. Anakin. Like, it's – obviously, like, it goes back further than that, but, like, everything that happened in that movie is, like, building the foundation of, like, Anakin's distrust and, like – self-consciousness you know he's the self-conscious whiny teenager in that film and in return of the jedi luke chops off that hand and and like almost in a way like gets rid of that demon that's kind Mm -hmm. of been attached to anakin from attack of the clones and then after that is when anakin like returns right so let's talk about kind of a problematic element and it's something we've talked about on the show before about how this idea that like prosthetic arms and legs and prosthetic, you know, um, anything is 
pro- uh, bad. bad in Star Wars. Like the, the he's more machine now than man. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before, but I do think that it bears repeating on this episode because there's there's something there about it. And I think that it's like it's not definitely not a good like one to one comparison um, to say that remo- loss of hands and terms of war is a you know automatically makes you a terrible person mm-hmm. um and like lose you lose your humanity there i think it's i mean it's like any symbol the meaning changes based off of the context of the story or of reality for the story of anakin i think it is a story of like it's a symbol of shame for him mm-hmm. Um, because we're physically watching him lose his physical body as he's also losing his like soul, essentially. And I think for that, it kind of is a bit of a one-to-one. Um, but, you know, with someone like with Saw, I think it's much more nuanced. Saw Gerrera, I think it's much more layered because we have the foundation of Vader to build off of with Saw. But then I think for a lot of other characters that we see throughout Star Wars um, – like in Princess Leia and Leia, Princess of Alderaan, they talk a lot about like replacement mechanical organs and limbs and stuff. And uh, Leia has great affection for like the glow of her mother's heart. And yeah. for that, for those who haven't read that book, Brea um, has a like a, a mechanical heart that keeps her alive. So mm-hmm. in a way, also you know, Brea is part machine mm-hmm. as well. And it there's this like this this lovely passage where and like the the heart like glows at night. Like I don't really remember how it's described, but I know that Leia has this whole passage where she talks about how she can like always see her mother coming and it's like a soft candle light in the night. And it's like really comforting for her to have that. So for her it's a symbol of like that light that shines within her mother, both like literally and figuratively because she really admires Brea. So I think, I mean, I think like any symbol, it just has different meanings. And it's good now that start with Star Wars that we don't just have the symbolism of that with Vader um, Mm -hmm. and even with Luke to a certain extent, but that we have it in more um, like things that are more closer to our reality, honestly, of like prosthetic limbs and like, um, like valve replacements and those kinds of things. Like those are all good things for people. Right. And it's good that we have that sort of representation now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and as Star Wars moves forward, I feel like we're only going to see more of that kind of expanded understanding yeah. of, you know, how the sci-fi world works to, you know, keep people healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's a really interesting exploration. Yeah. Well, it's like the the – the thing, like the organ for Brea was used to keep her alive, like for her. But the things that Palpatine did for Vader weren't f- like for Anakin, weren't for Anakin. They were for himself. They were right, for Palpatine's he purposes. Needed, yeah, because he needed Anakin or Darth Vader as a tool. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Man, that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a- like selfish, selfish reasonings. It just goes back to the, the whole light versus dark sides. And the, and the only difference is selfish actions versus selfless actions. Star Wars is so good. It's so good, guys. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, the Luke is kind of in the middle of all of these stories, too, and of these time periods um, when it comes to the hand situation. And we've already kind of talked about, like, why um, Luke kind of had that flesh covering but over his hand. But it's interesting because in Return of the Jedi, he has a glove over his hand, too, just like Vader did. 
uh, or just like Anakin did in Revenge of the Sith. Um, but then we see in The Last Jedi that he's completely foregone that altogether and just has his robotic hand, which I think is really like it's an interesting turn of events. I, I know everyone was kind of surprised. That was like a big thing. It was like, oh, it's just the robotic hand, you know? Well, in terms of our conversation, if like the robotic hand kind of symbolizes shame, at that point, Luke is like filled with shame yeah, and but, regret, but it doesn't have anything really to do with the arm. Yeah, but I don't think because something else must have happened because he, the hand he reaches out to with um, on R2 when the temple is burning, that's the mechanical hand. So it was, it um, unless like, you're going to hate me, but like, unless like the fake flesh like burned off <laughs> in <laughs> well, the temple I mean, burning or he already took it off like when he was starting that train, like before Ben ever turned to the dark side. Well, I think there's a, a more like nuanced answer in that, you know, Luke at this point has learned to live with all these different pieces of himself, good, bad. And when the temple is burning, he's hoping to kind of restart the Jedi and become like and raise the whole new generation of Jedi, right? And like be the best he can be. And at this point, Luke is basically the best Jedi in the galaxy, right? Is what we're supposed to think. And Only. he has learned to like the legend, the man, the legend, the myth. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But actually, and <laughs> he has learned to live with all these different parts of himself that, you know, could be considered flaws. Yeah. I think too, it's also, it's a symbol of like what happened for him to get here too. And yes. as, like a reminder of honestly, like who his father was too. And that like, I think probably like, honestly, I probably bet that it's a reminder of that moment in Return of the Jedi that he had where he like noticed the the similarities between him and his father and that he was like slipping into like down that path that his father was and that's not what he wanted i love that so much i hope that like him and anakin had been talking through the force or something and i just i i can't wait for the stories of beyond the episode nine where we can get more information about like luke's time before we see him in the force awakens so many good head cannons. <laughs> so little so time. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, are we ready to move on to part three for some more uplifting hands? Let's do it. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. All right. Welcome to part three where we're talking about hands that come together or do something that's not being chopped off. <laughs> yes accurate accurate <laughs> can confirm that's what this part is about um so really kind of what we said at the top of the show is that this episode really was inspired by sabine in the rebels episode wolves and a world between worlds so if you aren't caught up on rebels we are going to be talking about that episode in this part pretty in depth so you know do with that information as you will um but because, you know, so we had The Last Jedi come out and there was so much discourse about, you know, like the symbolism of like Kylo and Rey um, touching hands of Kylo with the glove, of Kylo without the glove, Kylo like with the water on his hands um, and him using the lightsaber to kill Snoke. And it kind of 
it, I feel like in that moment, we were all like, are we reading too much into this? You know, right. I feel like we were all kind of toying with that idea. And then this episode comes along and it's physically said that hands are a language. And the whole episode revolves around Sabine being able to understand the language of the hands on the mural. Mm-hmm. They live or die by the symbolism of the hands on the, in that mural. Mm-hmm. And Ezra too. Yeah, and yeah. The whole mis- like the whole episode hinges on whether or not Sabine can figure it out. Pretty much. Well, yeah. So the episode is like Sabine and Ezra, these like crazy kids, <laughs> the crazy <laughs> drop hands. on down, <laughs> drop on down into this like empire excavation site, and drop they have to figure out how to down. Like, what else happened? Come on. <laughs> hey, hey, and they here. have to figure out how to get on the other side of this mural. And they don't know what's on the other side, but like access it somehow. It's going to be a temple. And basically, we see the images of the Mortis figures from the Clone Wars there. And they have these uh, all different hand situations. There's uh, the son who has the fist, like, the fist, the daughter who has her, I think her palm is open right i think or or like kind of at a 90 degree angle or something like that and then and then the father's i think is open oh one of them is pointing oh it's the daughter i think that's pointing yeah um anyway the hands are on all these different positions and um basically what opens them is ezra being able to touch the stone and like where the hand is specifically i think on the daughter right mm-hmm. so yeah. it's hand hand and then this like beautiful animation happens with the wolves and the door the title of the episode and it opens and reveals this like other world which is essentially the manifestation of the cosmic force which again we talk a lot about on the show because we were like completely fascinated by it because we know that Ray and Kylo are instruments of the cosmic force, as we learned in the Last Jedi novelization. Live so it all kind alive. of ties together. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember watching this episode and like texting you during it and being like, "Can you believe that they just said that?" Yeah, that hands are language. Yeah, and I, I like, I couldn't handle that, and the fact that like. Ryan now has watched – we have confirmation that Lucasfilm had recommended Ryan to watch the Mortis series from Dave Filoni um, in order to understand and write The Last Jedi. It all kind of connects to me in, you know, this Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson kind of understanding. This is like my favorite director headcanon. It's so good. <laughs> 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 like giddy thinking about them like having a conversation about mortis um but i think it makes so much sense too because honestly like this episode of rebels was it probably in development at the same time as the last jedi oh for sure you know like the timelines match up so well i think um i don't have exact dates i'm speculating but i think it's a pretty educated speculation (laughs) um and there like there is a correlation between that because i mean Given how much close-ups we get of hands in The Last Jedi, and then to have this episode that follows and that's like, hey, you should pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think you you need to pay attention to it. Like, what are they saying to you? What is the language that they're speaking to you with? And, like, Sabine lays it out pretty verbatim. Like, it opens with the daughter and closes with the son. Mm-hmm. Man. So it's just really interesting. So then you go back to The Last Jedi and think about in that moment in the hut when those two hands touched and it was completely silent. And 
oh man, the tension. I can't. It's very, very, very. That's a lot of tension. And <laughs> um, the camera is like full, like macro lens, basically on like the imprints of their hands. Like you can see like what their thumbprint would even look like, right? <laughs> we could get and an IV on them. <laughs> you, it's like this pivotal moment in the movie when these two people from opposite ends of the galaxy meet. I, I don't know. I just it, it, there's. There's something so interesting there about how, like, when we all went into The Last Jedi, we we're all thinking about, like, is Kylo going to lose his hand? Is Rey going to lose his hand? Because it's a rite of passage, right? Yeah. It's a Skywalker rite of passage that, like, people are going to lose their arm. But instead, we get this thing that's, like, this an- one hand joining another hand in, like, absolution, in Matrimony. friendship, in <laughs> p- you never know, in, like, complete understanding of Mm -hmm. each other right yeah i mean it says so much that like what what you just said too it's like it's not about the the losing of hands the loss of life it's about the joining of hands and the like the it's like a new step forward it's like the, the the point is not to cut out like see who has more limbs lost the point is to stop losing limbs like the point is to stop the cycle Exactly. You know, and how do you do that? You do that through love and compassion, the main themes of Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I love it so much. And I think that in that moment, there was a recognition from Ray and Kylo of the cosmic force mm-hmm. and like how important it was that these these two figures are at the center of it. It's so, um, it's so poetic and it's so – like it's so romantic and not even in like the general term of like romance is like a Raylo shipper, but just like the drama around that moment. Like when two instruments of the cosmic force, like when two stars collide, what happens? Like the ripple effects of that moment in the film are going to be felt throughout the mm-hmm. galaxy. And I think that's the point. Um, whether or not it becomes a, you know, like what we think of as a romantic relationship down the line, um, the point is that they're connected um i mean do you like that moment in the film when he takes off his glove but it's her who outstretches her hand first like she's the one that makes the first move of like this that like this doesn't have to be your path anymore like just take my hand and we can fix it like we can take on the galaxy together and i remember like freaking out when you saw his hand come into the screen and it was like a wash in the firelight glow and you're like oh my god he's there what was crazy is that you're like, oh my god, is what's he gonna do? Is he is he actually gonna take the hand? Like, is he really gonna do that? Like, he's the villain. Like, what is happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and as you could hear a pin drop in that theater, you, yeah, you really could have. <laughs> and what's what is an interesting too is that they didn't. It's not like he grabbed her hand or she like grabbed his hand back. It was a touch. Mm-hmm. It wasn't – it's like that's all it takes. It doesn't have to be this huge gesture of like holding hands. It's like all they needed was a touch because it's like the these players, like these instruments of the cosmic force are like that big. Right. And a little goes you a know, long way almost. They definitely filmed like cusps of hands and, you know, different sort of – versions of mm-hmm. that because you see it in the behind the scenes features on the last jedi yeah. um like documentaries i think it's like the balance of the force one yeah and like there's like one of them like really holding hands there's one of like the four like longer fingers kind of 
uh, creating like a, a latch. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, you just get like two hands touching, which it's just crazy. The the it's really just like the most simple thing, as you said. Yeah, it's so simple. And just to point out too that this is where the force theme plays. Right. The force is like, I'm very happy right now. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> it grants them <laughs> both with this vision, which again we've talked about in our visions episode, and it's still kind of unclear what happened. Or, you know, these visions of the future, or maybe it's even more than visions of the future. You know, it could be in that moment, they saw each other fully for who they were. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that she, Ray says, like, when we touched hands, I saw your future. But did she see more than that? Like, you just never know. Um, I I don't know. I think it's because she's already seen his past. Um, right from the Force Awakens when she says you're afraid you'll never be as strong as Darth Vader, and like that door open, like they talk about how like this door opened between them, but it was just a door to his past. And whereas in this moment, the Force and like I feel like Kylo to a certain extent like, grants her that access to see the future too, like that vulnerability right. between them. And I think it goes both ways, like for Ray, like opening that door for him in her mind as well for what he sees too. And I think just going back to Mortis too, and, and when we were talking in our um, like art and preservation episode about how the gods of Mortis, um, the like the monk in that episode of Rebels talks about how the gods of Mortis sometimes are referred to as father, son, and daughter, implying that in other places they have different names. Um, and those different names can, you know, they can be brother and sister. They can be husband and wife. They can be lovers or friends or compatriots. Um, they can be called different things. And I think it's interesting how Sabine says, um, you know, it opens with the daughter and closes with the son. And so when if we were to take that and kind of apply it to Ray and Kylo, it's like the story starts with Ray and her being compassionate enough to reach out to Kylo and it ends – with him, like, finally taking her hand for real and, like, closing the door on Kylo Ren, effectively. Let's talk about other symbolism and, like, use of hands throughout maybe The Last Jedi, because Mm -hmm. let's do it. One that I think is really interesting is in the elevator, there's that one shot of Rey's hands in handcuffs and uh, Kylo's hands holding her lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And I mention this because in the comic adaptation... I think it's a really amazing panel, and I think that even the writer of the comic expanded upon this about how in the shot you just get the hands in cuffs and the hands holding the lightsaber, and I think the writer said something about how um, these two people feel slightly imprisoned in this moment, and you just see Rey, um, it has the cuffs, but like Kylo's also somewhat uh, wearing them too in this moment where he has to like go to his master and mm-hmm. he's stuck in the situation and he's about to get out of the situation, but they're both like subservient to someone in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think it's an interesting thing that you know this this movie like completely like zeroes in on the hands the entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the like you mentioned the water on the glove the. Hands and the, like the flick of the 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 two fingers, <laughs> the finger flick, which sounds so dirty. <laughs> I know. And like all the the gloves on, the gloves off. Like, what does it mean? You know, I think there's definitely like a, a meta there about 
when the gloves are off, like he's Ben, when the gloves are on, he's Kylo. Like that's the most simplistic term. Yeah. And I I think like having this episode too to lay it out, going all the way back to Anakin, like what we were talking about, like it's only when he's with Padme that he's not wearing the glove over his mechanical hand that we see, at least that we see in the films. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's a place of vulnerability. That's a place – Of comfort. Yeah, that's a safe space for him. Mm-hmm. And I think it says so much too that that moment in the in the hut on Octo with Ray is when he takes off the glove. Um, he didn't have to do that, you know. Like he still could have like reached out to her with the glove, but it was important that it was his hand. And then he reaches out at, at the end. He reaches out his his hand, like join me, please. Um, and the glove is on, and you know that this is just not the right path for either of them to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a, from a place of confusion and frustration and malice. And I think that it's it, the fact that the the glove is there and the hand isn't after coming from that complete scene of vul- vulnerability, your brain is supposed to make the connection that – you know, this isn't he's still on the dark side. Yeah. I think too when you kind of lay it out, the fact that, okay, we have at least four instances of a close up on Kylo's hand in this film. So we've we have the water scene from the first force time scene or mm-hmm. from one of the first four Skype sessions. We have um we even have a close up of his hands in the flashback with Luke when he brings down the house. When he oh, brings right. down the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kylo bringing down that house. Raise, Raise your hands. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Inappropriate. Too soon. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then we have him – we have a close-up of him taking off his glove in the hut. And then we have a close-up of him reaching out his hand in the hut. And then we have the close-up of their hands in the elevator and then his hand when he kills Snoke, when he turns on the lightsaber, and then at the end with the proposal, and then also in at the end with the dice. That's oh my god, I forgot about the dice. That's nine. That's <laughs> yeah, and even you think about Ray. I was just thinking about when she's in the dark side cave. She re- yeah, she t- she reaches out her hand and touches basically the glass, I guess, um, to see her parents and she's reaching. There's so much reaching in this movie. It feels like, mm-hmm. um, and even like I- before that moment, she's like, we, her hands are used to show us that like something is off. Like the snap. Yeah. And her like turning her hands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's now we're up into double digits of close ups so, on hands, so many hands, you know, and it's like fool me once fine. But, <laughs> When something is is zoom is literally zoomed in on 12, 13 times in a movie. I just don't think other Star Wars movies aren't like this. No, no, they're not. They're not. They're so not. I think it's you have to think about what it means. It's a pattern in the film. Yeah, the basic if anything, the basic understanding like what we said in part 1 about how hands are a way of communicating mm-hmm. and you have to notice them. Yeah. And like even right now, I am making gestures with my hands because I am yeah, very expressive about this. If you were to see me in real life and not just a voice, like you'd see that my hands are like Italian oh lady God. hands. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> And I'm like go- really going for it because I feel very passionately about 
hands our language. (laughs) (laughs) I think particularly for Kylo and Rey too, we see it a couple of times. I mean, God, even now thinking about these zoom-ins on hands, we've got it at least twice with Luke from the temple flashbacks and when he takes the lightsaber from Rey, Mm -hmm. we're zoomed in on his mechanical hands and like what that means. But even in The Force Awakens, we get a bit of that at the very end in the snow forest when Kylo is trying to call the lightsaber to him. And the the hand is a source of power, like kind of like what we were saying about, you know, the right hand man. It's a Mm -hmm. position of power. And they use the Force to call things to their hands, predominantly to call their weapons to their hands. And the fact that in The Force Awakens, Kylo couldn't control the lightsaber. Um, it wouldn't listen to him. But in The Last Jedi, it both of their lightsabers listen to both of them. Rey is able to call Kylo's lightsaber to her hand, and Kylo is able to call Rey's lightsaber, his the legacy lightsaber, to his hand, which I think is really important. And at the end, they're both controlling the lightsaber. I love the idea of thinking about like the Force connection to call like using your hands with the force Mm -hmm. um you can even think that through i mean throughout the entire saga and when it's you know the force helps you and you are able to use the force to call things to you when you're in need and luke sees that when he's in the wampa cave and um i mean you see that in literally every star wars movie Mm -hmm. right the wampa caves feels like the the most the one that really sticks out in my brain but I don't know. I think there's something you're you're spot on. I feel like with the fact that like it didn't go to Kylo in that moment because he was like he shouldn't go to Kylo. Yeah. <laughs> um. And because he kind of had that loss of power. Um, it was like because a, he didn't get what he needed from Han Solo. Like I mean, unworthy. there's something also. There's something also there about how in The Force Awakens when um, Han confronts Kylo and Kylo's like, "Will you help me?" And I think Han says something like anything, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Han takes a step forward and Kylo kind of holds out his lightsaber and Han puts his hand on it, right? He's like reaching out, he's yeah. touching. And obviously that's what kills him right in that moment. But at the very end, he holds out his hand and touches the part of Kylo's face, his son's face that in just a few minutes – Ray is going to like slice open. But in that moment, it's just this like unbelievably tender moment of the father touching his son's face um, in like a forgiveness and an understanding. At least that's what I got from the scene. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's one of the things with like the, you know, that Ray's just going to like chop off Kylo's head in episode nine that just kind of gets me. I always come back to this scene. It was this scene that really convinced me in such a weird way that Kylo would be redeemed one day because Han's last like living moments were of compassion to caress his son's face with love with like with his hands and to think that like that would just kind of eventually be a meaningless gesture he wanted to see the face of his son he wanted like yeah it's just it goes back to that like Vader (laughs) I want exactly. to look on you with my own eyes. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, start with I actually you. haven't thought about that before. I'm sure I have, but it's not like always top of my brain, of my Star Wars brain. But um, and it's just like in, in the, both those moments, it's like a moment of this forgiveness. passing of forgiveness. A moment, um, even though 
in Kylo doesn't necessarily get what he wanted from killing Han. It doesn't, it split his soul to the bone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Han still looks upon his son with forgiveness. And like the act of just reaching out and touching his face, so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially because, you know, people have talked about the symbolism of Kylo's scar a lot. Um, And it's even kind of expanded on in The Last Jedi with that first force um, connection scene where Rey is woken up by the morning light and then it's paralleled by the light on Kylo's face from the like medical droid that's working on him Mm -hmm. and they both have the light in the same space. And again, it's fitting that like that half of his face that is illuminated by light is the, is the side that Ray sliced open in a way, like cracking the facade of Kylo Ren, which was started by his father caressing that same spot on his face with his hands. Oh my God. I know. I know. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it really is. It really this is, is why Star Wars is the best is because you can really look deeply into these things and it's just it's you look deeper and deeper and deeper and you're still discovering new things and it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Good things, Caitlin. Where Good are we things. going with this train? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I hope that they continue with the hand symbolism. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they will. Yeah, I think so. Because again, JJ has said that you know he loves what Ryan Johnson did, and he was an executive producer on the Last Jedi as well. So, um, hopefully, he was paying attention to the literally dozen times that Ryan Johnson zoomed in on hand <laughs> in the film. <laughs> I mean, you really cannot be not paying it as a filmmaker. I feel like you, right. You understand. If you want to like, <laughs> add a lens flare into the hand touch, that would be fine too. Like, oh, yeah. I'm totally fine with that. I'm, Let's go for that. I'm very fine with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's just so important that for me, that's kind of like the crux of the sequel trilogy and why I think you and I think it's going where it's going is because the first two trilogies had to go through this like loss of self. Mm-hmm. in order to like get to that next step in the hero's journey and and so does Kylo and so does Rey too but more than that it's about like reaching out to each other um it's not about the battle it's about the the compassion got to love star wars i do <laughs> i really do i really <laughs> do <laughs> yeah just go watch all the hand scenes throughout star wars and you'll feel you're going to love it if- I wish I was better at like video compilations or like making videos. Right? I'm not good at it at all, but I if so I would totally make a hand compilation video and it wouldn't just be the removal of. It would be like all the times mm-hmm. where yeah. you know, things were all brought together. I have so many images on my phone saved of like hand moments in Star. We didn't even talk about how um we should spend a second on this. We didn't even really talk about how in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. That's what when I was just about to say. Leia and Han you know, are in the south in the in mechanical in the closet, closet, whatever. Um, and you know, stop that. My hands are dirty. Um, there's that. That's like the lead in line. And and Hans like my hands are dirty too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's just great because it's so small. But in this conversation about hands, it's like well, at this point, these two people have two things in common: is that they're both like the same kind of people, even if they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like that moment in the closet is like so intimate as well. 
though. So intimate. It's so intimate. And you have like these – I mean, like just to be on the Raylo train for a minute, but like you have these three couples in the darker middle chapters that join hands um, in very intimate situations. One is a wedding, which is like as intimate as it gets. Two is a closet where they're like by themselves. They have their first kiss there um, as he's massaging her hands. <laughs> and then the third one is like – on a on a literal cosmic level <laughs> where they're like joined across galaxies <laughs> to be able to talk to you. I mean, talk about like star-crossed lovers, honestly. I know, for real. You know, um, I just – there's a pattern there. <laughs> but why? <laughs> but why? <laughs> but why? I think too, we, we didn't bring this up either, which I think we should bring up, um, is in The Force Awakens, the, the line I actually hate because she says it twice is Ray and Finn on Jakku when they're running and she's like, you don't need to take my hand. And then she says it again, like, stop taking my hand. Um, I hate – I liked when she said it the first time. I didn't like that she says it the sec- second time because I'm like, I get it. You're a strong, independent woman. <laughs> Like, I feel like you're hitting me over the head with this. Like, I get it, JJ. Um, she don't need no man. <laughs> um, I, it's all about choices, though. It is. It's like, what? It is all about and, choices. And But I think it's important that there's, like, the difference because it's like she hadn't formed that connection yet with Finn, which she will later. Um, but, and she does now. And she does now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but – and it's, like, her using the force through the power of her hands to lift the rocks that, like, saves Finn. Um, and the others, but like Finn is obviously the most important person to her in the end in that scene in mm-hmm. Last Jedi. Um, anyway, I just think it's interesting how like the first person Ray really interacts with in the Last Jedi, she's like, or in The Force Awakens, she's like taking her hand back, like isolating herself, like she doesn't mm-hmm. want that contact. But then in the Last Jedi, it's her who's she's reaching. Yeah, out. it's her who's initiating the contact. Mm-hmm. Definitely, anyway. character growth. Character growth. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap up this episode. I hope you liked our deep dive into hashtag hands our language, hashtag look to the animation department for the future of Star Wars. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't say that until just now. Right? Um, I'll say it again. <laughs> look to the animation department for the future of Star Wars. Thank you. Good night. Um, but <laughs> if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at SkytalkersPod or our personal Twitters are at Caitlin Plusher is mine and Charlotte's is at Clarity. And if you liked what you heard and you want to go and leave us a review on iTunes, we would really appreciate it. It helps people find our show. Um, and we always like making new friends and new listeners. So if you have a second to spare and want to do that, we would really appreciate it. And uh, you can also find us on our website, SkyTalkers.com or email us skytalkerspod at gmail.com yes and i want to say a quick thank you to all of our amazing patrons and if you don't know we have a patreon page where we post a bonus episode every month um, for people who are three dollar patrons and up and we're planning some really exciting things for the next couple of months so um, if you're interested in supporting us head on over there i think it's patreon.com slash skytalkers or skytalkers podcast you'll find it <laughs> um so big thank you to our amazing patrons amy joanna Susanna, z sheree angela diana becca lynn katie rachel courtney brian megan amy kelly jim suara bj jenny anthony danny lumpa raru patrick james hamsa from a certain point of view the dorky diva show megan stewart kyle jennifer kells chastity Elias, sarah Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, 
Matt, Jordan, Molly, Chell, Aaron, Rebecca, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Adam, Derek, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you guys so much. We really do love each and every one of you, and the hands <laughs> are a language. Look to the animation department for the future of Star Wars. Just had to put it in there one more time. But until next time, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.